On today's show, it's the all-star break for the WNBA. And it's time to see where the Atlanta Dream is halfway through this season so far. It all starts right now. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, everyone. I am Missy Heydrich, and you are here with us on Locked On Women's Basketball. I am the National Women's Basketball Correspondent for The Next, and so happy to have you join us, and thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter, at Missy Heydrich, and be sure to follow The Next at The Next Tubes and this podcast at Locked On Women's Basketball. And today we are going to dive into all things Atlanta Dream. We're going to preview the 2022 WNBA All-Star Game, which is this weekend, and look ahead to the final 14-plus games that are left on the regular season for the W. I am so happy to be joined today by Gabriella Lewis, one of the outstanding journalists that covers the WNBA at the next and beyond, and she lives and breathes the Atlanta Dream Beat. So, Gabriella, I'm just going to start with this question for you right now. I know this team, they sit fourth in the Eastern Conference, seventh overall, 10 and 12 is their record right now. When you look at it, is this a surprise and or is this something where everybody thought they were going to be a little bit better than maybe that they have produced on the floor? Yeah, I definitely think this is a surprise. Um, You know, Howard Megdell, who's our editor-in-chief at The Next, I think said it best, they're having the season that people thought New York were going to have. Um, and, and that's changed probably in the past 10 years or so. But particularly right out of the gates, they won the first six of their nine games and really have had an incredible season. Um, and I think things are maybe getting to a spot where people were more expecting now. But um, I think when you watch them play, watch the culture they have, it's not as surprising as we may think. So you mentioned that culture word, and I think that's something that is, it's it's a buzzword. We hear it all the time, all across, both professional and especially in the collegiate game. Uh, it's incredibly important to foster that both on and off the court. So is there something that you think um, that you can maybe put your thumb on to say, this is what is kind of set the tone for them, that's allowing them to maybe exceed some of the expectations folks had for them coming in? Yeah, I mean, I think that, for anyone covering or watching women's basketball in the past couple of years, and even a lot who have who do not follow the sport closely, they know that the dream have gone through a tumultuous time. Um, you know, just a little run back back in 2020 or early 2021, dream was sold to um, a former player, Renee Montgomery, and another ownership group, and that was Kelly Leffler, who was at the time a senator. Um, and who the dream were very vocally against. Um, and then last year, under a new ownership group, things were a little bit rocky still. Uh, they had um, s- some suspensions. They stopped playing their number one or their number the th- number three draft pick of the year. Um, and so it was still a bit of a mess, to be qu- quite frank. Um, 
And then this year, I think they really landed on their feet more so. They hired a new GM and Dan Padover, who won Executive of the Year in 2021. They hired Tanisha Wright, who has had an incredible WNBA career herself and then a really good coaching career in Vegas and some other places. Um, and so I think the cultural reset is that they have brought in a lot of new voices. They've brought in voices that are that are really good. They've brought in some key veteran players. Then they traded number one draft pick to get Ryan Howard. Um, and so I think it's been a very, de- the reason the culture is good is there's been a very deliberate focus on how can we make the culture good? How can we make ourselves accountable? And also some of it is luck, right? Like they have made, an, they've amalgamated a team that works together. And what I keep saying about Atlanta is there's a lot of love in Atlanta. I mean, these teammates love one another. And I think that's so special. And that's how you win games, honestly. And I think it's it's equal parts, or maybe not equal parts, but it's it's a large part the work that the back office has done. It's a large part what vets have put in to really foster a good environment there. And then also there's some luck. Absolutely. You mentioned head coach Tanisha Wright. And coming from someone who kind of lives and breathes the college side of the game, you know, so many people were somewhat surprised when Nikki Collin left over a year ago to become the head coach at Baylor, um, leaving the dream, getting out of the W where she had had so much success herself. But from a head coaching perspective, going into that role, what do you think both on and off the court? I mean, obviously she brings experience and those kinds of things, but maybe what's some of the differentiators on the court that Wright has brought in that head coaching seat that maybe has allowed this team to flourish a little bit? Yeah, I think there is something really special about Wright. She had an incredible, you know, the thing that made me figure out how legit she was is I was listening to a podcast with Tina Charles about a year ago. And Tina Charles was asked, who is the most influential person on your career? And she said, Tanisha Wright. And, you know, Tina Charles is is going to be a Hall of Famer. She's incredible. And hearing that from her, I was like, oh, this is legit. Um, And so I think the thing is, is that Tanisha Wright has the experience. She's Uh, from a player she is such a player's coach I think also because she had such a fruitful career then she continued to get those coaching minutes under Bill Lambeer and and in some other places Um, you know I wasn't specifically covering the dream under Nikki Collin but the thing that I see about Tisha Wright this is her first time as WNBA head coach but she takes accountability often and she I think she knows how to motivate her players in a way that is really interesting Often she talks about energy, she talks about pride, she talks about toughness. And when they have a bad game, she she calls them out. And I think this is something Cheryl Reeves does really well as well. Like, I'm, I'm going to say that you did something wrong and you need to get it together. And then oftentimes they do get it together the next game. Um, and so in my opinion, that's where she's really, really special. Um, and then also there, there are times when she, they'll do things wrong and she'll say, you know what, that was my fault. I, I didn't do that right. And I think she's she's new, she's fresh, and she just when what whether she was a coach or whether she's a player, she's really really special, and I think she's doing a really good job here in Atlanta. Yeah, accountability goes a long way, and it's really nice when it goes both directions. You know, I think, and especially at the professional level. I mean, these are this is how people make a living, right? So I don't necessarily want to be called out all the time if it's a one way street. Everyone's mm-hmm. got to be in this together. If you're fostering that kind of culture that kind of environment where we're all taking ownership of good and bad, then that really, I think that says a lot about her, but also about the people that buy in. So let's talk a second about this roster. It seems to me that we're looking at both experience versus youth. 
and this is kind of the new wave, the next gen of some of the top players that are going to start coming through this league. You mentioned Ryan Howard. We'll talk about her in a minute. But maybe make, just give us a bit on some of the, the pieces of the experience side that maybe is holding this together and helping to guide some of these young players along. Totally. I, I completely agree. I think Dan Padover, in my opinion, is is such a good GM. And I think he's really constructed this team well with the help of Tanisha. So I'm currently writing a piece on Kia Vaughn, who was a 14-year vet in the W. She played at Rutgers under Stringer. Um, and from she is just the epitome of professionalism, of a vet, of a leader. And so I think she's a core part of this. This is just her first year in Atlanta. She just came from Phoenix where she should run with them. Um, and so she's known Tanisha. They played in Israel together 10 years ago. They were actually housemates, which is pretty fun. Um, and she is such a core part of this group. I mean, everyone kind of harkens back to her of like, oh, he is there. She's telling us what to do. She has our back, et cetera. She's the mom of the group. And then, you know, part of this rebuild with the dream is there's very few returners. The only returners are Ari McDonald, who's only in her second year, uh, Monique Billings, who's in her fifth, I believe her fifth year with the dream, um, Cheyenne Parker, who is about that five, six year mark. And this is only her second year with the dream. And then Tiffany Hayes. And I think Tiffany Hayes is another extremely important part of this group. Tiffany has been with the dream for about nine years she was drafted. she's one of the few folks other than she and monique have been there for more than a couple of years um and they are also i think really grounding parts of the experience um and are folks that you know they not only know the system they get folks that you know they can harken back to these these newer players that being said um tiffany hayes played her first game of the season just last week because she was out with an injury um, and some other things. So, uh, and that kind of gets into where the dream of suffered is often when they're not fully staffed. And that makes a big difference. So we look at some of these youth players. I have uh, for the past several years on the college game, a huge fan of Nas Hillman at Michigan yeah. and had a chance, have had a chance to see both she and Ryan Howard in person to see what kind of games that they are and what they bring to the floor. Obviously the biggest bang for the buck that the, that the dream is getting right now is that first round draft pick in Ryan Howard. Um, everybody knew, everybody knew she had the kind of game that would transfer to the pros. It was just a mm -hmm. matter of going to be about system. Was it going to be about environment? And some of it maybe was about Ryan herself. Uh, was she prepared to put that, yeah. put it in? You know, we could see her turn the switch on and off at Kentucky and in the SEC any day of the week. So what has made Ryan Howard uh, as special as she is so far? And I think what's been the difference? Yeah, I, I think the thing, you know, when she was at Kentucky, Kentucky was a great team, but they were not, you know, title contenders. They almost didn't make the tournament at one point, et cetera. Um, so I think coming into a system with veteran leadership, like you've talked about, with um, an executive force that knows what they're doing has been extremely helpful. Also, Ryan and Nas are uh, friends. They played USA basketball together. They knew each other pre-draft. And I think coming in together, I did a piece on Nas recently, and they talk about, you know, Ryan told me that there was no one else I'd want to be drafted with like other than Nas, you know, like that was the person who really is making the difference. And I think, you know, they coordinate their game day fits. They're just adorable together. And I think that has also, I'm sure, made the difference, right? You always have someone there who, 
you're, you're both looking at each other like, oh my gosh, we're going through a really crazy thing right now, but they get it together. And so I think there's just been kind of a perfect storm there. Um, and she's also just the system I think is, is built for her in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I think the team relies on her a lot. They're obviously a, a very good team together, but it is largely centered around Ryan in a lot of ways. And I also want to say about Ryan, she came out with a lot of success in her first couple games. People were were like, oh my gosh, she's won Rookie of the Month two times now. Um, and, you know, in the past, probably past 10 games, she's had good ones, but she hasn't maybe played as well as she did in those, those first couple. Um, but I do think she obviously, she just got named an all-star. She is the real deal. And I think there's a lot of different things going for her. And Atlanta has, you know, they traded to, to draft her really last minute, but they really wanted her. And I think that also helps her. Um, and I just think she's got a really good head on her shoulders. She knows what this, what she's made of and uh, she's confident, but she's also really relaxed. She's not too, uh, too full of herself, which, you know, I think that's, that's going to help her uh, go a long way. And that's, that's what we've heard from vets as well. Awesome. All right. Well, in a moment, it is all-star weekend. You mentioned one already, and we're going to talk yes. about everything ahead but before that, uh, let me just say that we all know that the zombie apocalypse is here. Subscriptions you've gotten from, you signed up for, and can't work up the will to cancel, and that you've forgotten about. So either way, they just are not going to die on us. But take control and make your subscription submit with Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forget about. That happens to me all the time. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped save them over $100 million. So don't fall for the subscription scams. You can cancel. There's people there to help you. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. I am Missy Heydrich, and thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are here, and we are talking with Gabriella Lewis. And Gabriella, let's talk a little bit about the All-Star Weekend. The WNBA has come upon the 2022 All-Star Game. A lot of festivities, a lot happening. But it's really interesting when you start looking at these rosters, and I dove into a little bit. We've got four first-year All-Stars, first-time All-Stars, but only yeah. one rookie just so happens to be Ryan Howard from the Atlanta Dream. But when you look at these these all-stars and the people that you've seen and the games that you've watched in person, maybe who stands out to you and uh, what do we expect come Sunday at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time in Chicago? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a really fun one. The person who in the past couple of games that I think we can't not talk about is Sabrina Unesco. I mean, obviously coming from a college perspective, she was that person coming out of college. And, you know, I think she had a rocky two years starting the league with, you know, maybe not the most production last year and then an injury in her rookie season, but she is on fire. And I cannot wait to see what she does at this All-Star game. I mean, she just had a triple-double with 31 points against the Aces. Last night they they suffered a loss to the Mercury, but she still played really well. So 
she's the person I'm really, really excited to see. I think she's going to be um, just incredible. And then you've got two incredible uh, retiring players in Sylvia Fowles and Sue Bird. And personally, I'm hoping they open some stuff up, let them uh, let them run wild. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a fun all-star game. And, you know, I, I'd love to see a dunk in there too, but I don't know if that's going to happen this year, unfortunately. But we'll see. So I think it's it's going to be really exciting. Also, Kelsey Plum, I'm I'm personally a fan of hers. I hope she she goes off as well. Yeah, she's one of the first time All-Stars that was selected exactly. this year will be um on team Wilson uh that is is coached by Becky Hammond. The other Jackie Young with the Aces um yes. out of Notre Dame. This is just her third year in the WNBA, but she along with Inescu and Ryan Howard and Kelsey Plum are those first-year All-Stars. It seems as though that she's someone, I think, um, throughout the course of this season, especially maybe kind of coming into her own a little bit, a lot like Sabrina Unescu, finding your role, finding your place. And sometimes it is about system and just the – but if I was a player like Jackie Young, I'd be pretty darn excited to have someone like Becky Hammond as my head coach, understands guards, understands what that's going to mean. And I think that's elevated her game and making her an all-star. Completely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Jackie Young is so fun. She won a gold medal, but, you know, I don't think she's been the focal point of any team that she's been on in a professional sense or post-college. And so I think this is really exciting for her. And, you know, she's kind of a quiet player, right? Like the whole last year with Diana Taurasi, like trying to antagonize her, people were kind of like, oh, what what's up with that? You know, she's, she's very, from what we know, she's, you know, quiet, just kind of puts her head down and work. But it's so exciting to see her thrive. And I think from her, Kelsey Plum and Dierica Hamby, seeing them really getting those starts, getting them, you know, out of a Bill and Beer, obviously a legendary coach, but it seems like in this new system, it's really, really exciting for them. And the aces are, are really fun to watch, even though they've had a couple losses recently. I know there's a lot of, uh, well, well, we'll call it speculation and, you know, buzz, all of these things. Um, I know, as you said, our, uh, editor-in-chief and uh, leader of the pack and Howard Megdahl talking a little bit about um, whether or not Skylar Diggins-Smith is on the trading block. And so I guess my question to you is, is this something that when these women and these professionals come into this environment for the next two to three days, is that something that leaves a cloud? Is it, you know, what do we think is going to be the vibe in Chicago as they look at this and think, well, is this something that's really kind of festering and becoming a bigger issue than maybe it is or is not? Fascinating question. And I don't even know if I I have a full answer for that. But yeah, you know, you've got to expect that folks are talking to one another. You know, Skylar's going to be the only player from Phoenix. She's going to be, you know, rubbing shoulders with some of the greats across the league. And uh, I think this will be really good for for her to just be able to take some time away. And I think for teams across the league, you know, they they get a reset right now, whether they're playing for these all-star teams or not. I think people need rest. They need a bit of a reset. So I think it's obviously coming at a great time like it always is. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I think the Skylar situation is, is so interesting and I have my own opinions, but um, I, I hope that you know, it'll be enlightening for her and enlightening for the team as well of, of what's going to happen. And personally, I think that she has a lot to offer Phoenix still. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if it, it makes sense for her to leave from from their GM's office. That's just kind of my personal analysis of it. But, 
yeah, I mean, I think you've got to th- think about how people are talking with each other. And often these all-star games are recruiting trips a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I, Sue Bird has gone on record and said that a couple of times, right? Like she tried to recruit Stephanie Dolson during these all-star games. And, you know, whether they're in Chicago or elsewhere, it's like, hey, look, you could come play with a bunch of us. And I think whether that be for Skyler or for else for other players in c- coming years, this is these games really matter. And often that's not what media sees. It's behind closed doors, but we've got to understand that things could change from, from this weekend. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be a fantastic showcase on Sunday. There is all of the skills components. Those things are happening Sunday, the game itself, all of the all-star selected through a combination of fan media and player voting. You've got Becky Hammond as head coach of team Wilson and James Wade as head coach of team Stewart. I think it's going to be a great showcase of women's basketball and the W. So next up, we're heading into the last few weeks of the regular season. So what is in store with Atlanta? We're gonna talk in just a moment, but first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's, we've had the NHL playoffs, as well as Major League Baseball, which is hot and heavy right now. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news throughout the season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, the WNBA, and golf. You've got the Genesis Scottish Open going in right now. The British Open is next weekend. You can find all the golf information you want right there. So head to the website today and or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. I am Missy Heydrich. So happy to be here on Lockdown Women's Basketball with Gabriella Lewis. And so now let's talk. I think I did the math right. I'm not 100% sure, but if I counted correctly, there's about 14 games left on the regular season schedule for the Atlanta Dream. I'm assuming that's about the same for everybody else. The next game up after the All-Star break will be at Chicago. There's a new format in 2022 for the WNBA playoffs. So let's just, that format includes the top eight teams go into the playoffs Three rounds, best of three in the first, best of five after that. As you look at it and sit here today, as we said at the very top, this Atlanta Dream Team fourth in the Eastern Conference. They are seventh overall in the league. What's the roadmap look like and what do these next 14 games, what do they have to do to get into that eight? Yeah, I think that's the question that everyone's asking is, are they going to make the playoffs? Um to me, it's all about can they sustain toughness? Can they sustain this hustle? The thing that Coach Tanisha Wright talks about the most to media is this toughness, right? When they come out tough, when they come out with energy, when they come out with pride, they win or they get close to it. And when they don't do that, they often don't win. And so I think from a from a pers- their perspective, that's where they really need to step it up in some areas. And they need to have every single game coming in with that. And I think the the game back in Chicago is going to be a really, really exciting one. In their last game against Chicago, they were down five players and they lost by six points in overtime. They were really close and they were tough. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, obviously Chicago is an incredible team, one of the best in the league. But, you know, the thing that's so exciting about the dream is that not only can they make, you know, 
not only are they beating teams that I would say they're better than, but they're often beating teams in upsets, right? They beat the storm by almost 20 points the other day, which was a pretty incredible game. Um, and teams like Chicago, teams like Vegas that may be a little vulnerable after some losses here, I think they can really step up against. So in my opinion, um, they they need to come out tough for every game and they need to really give their best bet against these really good teams. And then they also need to, to get these easier wins, right? They can't lose to Indiana. They can't lose to Dallas. They can't lose to teams that, you know, are a little bit that may not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really interesting second half of the season with Phoenix and Minnesota particularly. So I don't know if they can they can count those as as automatic wins, but they just need to come out tough. Yeah, it seems like there are obviously everyone's going to have some of those must wins because they know that there's sort of the there's the break really of you're probably top eight to nine that are going to be vying for maybe ten that are going to vie for those. There's yeah. the bottom part of the entire league. Those have to be must wins for them. Prior to the All-Star break, they did lose to Washington, 85-66. Elena Deladon went off for 26, had a fantastic game herself. But is there anything that you can take out of that that might be a you know red flag? Or is that a blip on the screen? This Atlanta Dream Team's got to stay healthy. They've got to integrate Tiffany Hayes more now that she's back. Uh, and what what are who is going to have to be really the catalyst? to get this team to be in that top eight and make the playoffs where a lot of people probably didn't think they were ever going to be there this year. Totally. Yeah. I think that Washington game is really, really important uh, to talk about because that was their fourth loss to Washington this season. Um, Those games are incredible matchups kind of consistently. And the thing that coach Tanisha Wright has talked about is they were not tough. They did not bring the energy in those past Washington games. And she obviously the sustained a loss and it was a pretty bad loss from numbers. They actually were extremely close the entire game till that fourth quarter, kind of when things fell apart. But I would actually say that game, they came out with the toughness. And Tanisha Wright said to media after, you know, I'm actually not mad about this loss. Like, we came with what we needed to come with. And unfortunately, shots didn't fall. EDD had herself an EDD game. Um, so, and she, but she was not mad about that. And so I think they need to, if they're going to have losses, they need to have losses like that. And I think Tiffany Hayes, you mentioned, is someone that definitely needs to kind of um, continue to to come to the plate. She Her first game back, she just had it an absolute blazer. I mean, she was, she was really incredible. And so she needs to keep having really um, incredible offensive production. Um, Eric Wheeler, we know that she kind of has that in her. So I, I would to see her step up a little more. And then Ryan Howard. I mean, I think Ryan Howard is a rookie still, but she is a core part of this team, um, especially on offensive production. And so I think she needs to get clutch in those clutch moments. Um, and also someone who I'm really high on, who I don't think we talk a lot about in the WNBA media, is Ari McDonald. I mean, she obviously was such an incredible player coming out of college. And she's having a really incredible season. And I don't think it's being talked about enough. And she's just so clutch. Like, there are these moments where they're down and she makes a three or two. And it's just, it's incredible. The stadium goes wild. And she's a really important part of that system as well, I think. So, you know, I think... Uh, defensively they're, they're looking pretty good. They need to continue that, but they need to have some more um, offensive production often. Um, and just, just keep playing tough. I think is, is really where it's at. Yeah. Ari McDonald, she obviously known for being that clutch kind of kid out of yeah. high school, out of high school and college, especially, but at Arizona, I mean, when they needed a bucket or there yeah. were days where, she, I mean, she was consistently 25, 30, 40 points a game just because she can make things happen. Sometimes that translates more easily into the professional world and sometimes not as much, but it is also about finding that role. 
So when you look and you kind of circle a couple key games here, maybe in the next couple weeks, we know that they've got to play at Chicago. But if you were going to look past that, if you, if to give somebody out there just a glimpse to say, hey, if this Atlanta Dream team is going to get themselves to the playoffs, this is what they've got to do in the next two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So I think from a purely entertainment standpoint, those New York Liberty games, they're playing them back to back in their last two games of the season. So we may know what's going to happen by then. But honestly, we 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 very well may not. Um, and yeah. New York is is getting really good. Um, but they they've won one game against New York and lost one game. And so they're a really good matchup there. I think keep your eyes out for that those two games um and then I, I think honestly you know the thing about the dream that i've learned is you can't write them off about an upset like even if they're playing these really incredible games from an entertainment standpoint they're going to be exciting and then just the, the games circle that i think that they really need to win if they're going to uh, be title contenders is they've got a dallas game on july 30th um they've beaten dallas twice now i think they can they can do that again the indiana games i think they really need to focus in on um and then la as well i think that they they've got an ability there they've got a, a pretty long road trip over a couple days um uh, in about a week and a half um and i think that's going to be kind of a make or break point last four day four game road trip they lost every game um uh, it was a bit of a harder schedule, but I, I think that's going to be really where we, we figure out if this team is going to be worth worth it in the playoffs. And when it's all said and done, once we hit the end of the regular season, whether this team is in the, you know, into the playoffs or not, it, it seems to me as though there are going to be some of the, the people associated with the dream front office head coach and Tanisha Wright, um, obviously someone like Ryan Howard, but Will you be surprised if their names are not mentioned for some of the postseason awards, things like coach of the year, rookie of the year, that kind of thing? Some of it seems almost like a no brainer, but we know that isn't necessarily always the case. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think Ryan Howard. Absolutely. I mean, if if she if you don't think she's part of the rookie of the year contention, I'm not sure what you're doing. You know, I, she's definitely there. I think, you know, she may have some competition with Shakira Austin, Alyssa Smith. But I think. Right now, I think most people would put her at their rookie of the year spot, but that doesn't mean she's she's a shoe in. So I definitely think she's going to be in there. And in my opinion, Tanisha Wright for coach of the year. I mean, I really think she's got something here. And, you know, I, I think most people had in their preseason guesses that the dream would not be doing as well as they have. And I think a huge part of that is coach Wright, And especially it being her first year as a, a head coach of the professionals. I mean, she was just playing in 2019. So I definitely think she should be in contention. Um, and then, you know, they, they've got a great defensive structure as well. It's, it's more team defense than really a one-on-one, -on -one, but you know, there may be some discussion of defensive players and that, um, you know, defensive all team or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. All right. There is so much to look forward to. It is All-Star Weekend. The All-Star Game is on Sunday. And then the second half of the, the WNBA season will be off and running. Gabrielle Lewis, thank you so much. Tell everybody where they find you on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, well, on a daily basis, you can find me at Gateway Arena Center uh, covering the dream. Um, but on Twitter is where I'm talking all things basketball. So it's um, at underscore Gabriella Lewis. Uh, so, yeah, please, please find me there. And um, let's talk dream basketball. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And you can find me, Missy Heidrich, on Twitter at Missy Heidrich and all of my amazing colleagues and friends, just like Gabriella, at The Next. And you can follow us at the next hoops and this podcast at locked on women's basketball. 
thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Please join us next week for more episodes. The final few weeks of the regular WNBA season are here. You'll find everything you need to know right here with us at Lockdown Women's Basketball. Then it'll be the playoffs. And before you know it, the college basketball season will be here. And there is so much for you to find at the next and with us here at Lockdown Women's Basketball. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Lockdown NBA. Lockdown NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. I am Missy Heidrich. Thank you so much. We will see you next time right here at Lockdown Women's Basketball.